When it's game on, it's time for Shakey's Pizza, Chicken, and Mojo's. The triple play of flavor. With meal deal packages to feed any size group, everyone loves Shakey's classic thin crust pizza, golden fried chicken, and crispy mojo potatoes. Get it to go at Shakey's.com or watch the game at your local Shakey's with an ice cold pitcher of beer, piping hot pizza, and a mountain of mojos. Share the good times at Shakey's today. Medi-Cal renewals are happening now. All members' eligibility is reviewed once annually, and everyone's renewal date is different. You can check your renewal month in your online benefitscal.com account. If your current address, email, or phone number have changed, please update your information with your local county office. If you get a renewal form in the mail in a yellow envelope, you must complete it to keep your Medi-Cal. If you don't, you will lose your coverage. Visit lacare.org for more information. That's lacare.org. Welcome to Dodger Talk. David Bassey with you until 8 o'clock right here on AM570 LA Sports. We got a great show for you tonight. Uh, Mark Pryor, the Dodgers pitching coach, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We're also going to hear from Clayton Kershaw tonight. Pitchers and catchers reported to Camelback Ranch. So we will hear from the Dodgers ace uh, about what he thinks about these new rules and just the Dodgers offseason. And it, it'll be uh, good to hear from him. And it's great to actually have baseball again as the Dodgers uh, pitchers and catchers reported to Camelback Ranch. And th the biggest question for me going into this camp for the Dodgers is not just about the starting five for the Dodgers. I think that's pretty much set up where it's going to be Kershaw, Urias, Gonsolin, May, and Noah Syndergaard. But for the Dodgers, which one of those young pitchers are going to take the next step in their young careers? Is it going to be Ryan Pepio? Is it going to be Gavin Stone? Uh, I think there's a lot of upside for these young pitchers. And I know when you talk about, uh, when you talk about, a full 162 game season you got to incorporate not just five pitchers but you got to have enough to go eight deep and I feel like that is what separates the Dodgers from these other teams around Major League Baseball and specifically in the NL West you know the Padres signed Michael Waka. they have Seth Lugo at the back end of their rotation but are they are they better than what the Dodgers have depth-wise to get through 162 games? That still is a big question for the Padres that the Dodgers certainly have mastered. And it's not a coincidence that Pakoda, this you know projection website that projects how how much uh, how many wins a team is going to have in a season, projected the Dodgers to win the NL West by having 96 wins. That's not a coincidence. The reason why is their lineup's really good and their pitching is really deep. And we'll get into the pitching with Mark Pryor coming up at the bottom of the hour. Before we go any further with this show, I just want to remind you about Dodger Talk going on the road for the first time. We are going to have Dodger Talk live from Tarantula Hill in Thousand Oaks, 244 Thousand Oaks Boulevard, this Friday night, 7 to 8 p.m., you are going to have myself, Petros and Money, live at Tarantula Hill in Thousand Oaks. It's a great spot. 
it's a great family spot so don't be afraid to bring the kids they make their own ice cream there they have a, a brick oven pizza there so it's a great family spot to bring everybody not just your buddy from work so come on out we'll be out there from 3 to 8 p.m petros and money will be there three to seven and then myself with dodger talk seven to eight p.m and james loney is going to join us in person that's right james loney the former dodger first baseman now going to do some shows with sportsnet la is going to be our in-person guest at uh, Tarantula Hill in Thousand Oaks. So looking forward to that this Friday. Then I head out to Camelback Ranch in Glendale, Arizona to start our coverage from Camelback Ranch on Monday. So looking forward to that. And like I've said before, I'm not going out for pitchers playing catch with catchers. In fact, uh, I talked to a few people out there today and they said, you know what? You didn't miss anything, so don't worry about it. You didn't miss anything. So for me, that's uh, that's the biggest thing uh, going into uh, spring training is seeing these guys uh, not only get ready for the season, but also get ready for these new rules that are going to really take shape very quickly. And I feel like it's part of um, – what many people are not giving enough due or stock to that these rules are going to be like a brand new game that we're going to see the pitch clock being able to step off twice or only throw over the first base twice that is drastically going to change the complexion of these games now guys that i've spoken to that actually played in AAA under these rules uh, they have told me that it makes the game better and it also helps, you know, it, it helps speed up the game. So a lot of people are talking about these games that have gone three plus hours, now only going two, two and a half hours. So that is something that I think we all should look forward to. We're going to take a time out here on Dodger Talk. When we come back, we're going to hear from Clayton Kershaw, and you never know who might stop by in the hallways of Sportsnet LA. And don't forget, at the bottom of the hour, we have pitching coach Mark Pryor joining us right here on AM570 LA Sports. David Vasse with you until 8 o'clock. For nearly four decades, JMK Security Solutions has provided protection for homes and businesses. I know firsthand. I'm Jeff Beckman, and with my wife, Kim, we started JMK Security Solutions. Our attention to detail, service after the sale, and product knowledge are the foundation of our success. JMK Security has routinely been recognized as the best of Madison for security companies. We expect that trend to continue as the next generation, our son Jeffrey, takes over as president. Let us protect what is valuable to you. JKSecurity.com. Medi-Cal renewals are happening now. All members' eligibility is reviewed once annually, and everyone's renewal date is different. You can check your renewal month in your online benefitscal.com account. If your current address, email, or phone number have changed, please update your information with your local county office. If you get a renewal form in the mail in a yellow envelope, you must complete it to keep your Medi-Cal. If you don't, you will lose your coverage. Visit lacare.org for more information. That's lacare.org. When it's game on, it's time for Shakey's Pizza, Chicken, and Mojo's. The triple play of flavor. 
with meal deal packages to feed any size group. Everyone loves Shakey's classic thin crust pizza, golden fried chicken, and crispy mojo potatoes. Get it to go at Shakey's.com or watch the game at your local Shakey's with an ice cold pitcher of beer, piping hot pizza, and a mountain of mojos. Share the good times at Shakey's today. Tarantula Hill and Thousand Oaks, 7 o'clock, and new member of the Sportsnet LA team and former Dodger first baseman James Loney is going to be my guest for the full hour. So if you're coming out to Tarantula Hill, you'll be able to meet James Loney, and I plan on getting a wireless mic to be able to have people ask Loney questions, uh, Kemp and Rihanna questions, anything you want to ask Loney. Nothing is out of bounds or off limits. So looking forward to that this Friday night, Tarantula Hill and Thousand Oaks. We're going to give you an opportunity to win opening night tickets to the Dodgers-Diamondbacks game on March 30th. We're going to have jersey giveaways. There's going to be a live band that I don't care who it is, like Petros and Money. I'm cool with any kind of music. I'm not, I'm not a diva like those two guys. And thank you to my guy, Geeter McGee, for really showing the great hospitality and another great man that is an anchor of the Spectrum building and maybe the most unsung hero on Sportsnet LA. He just does his business and corrals all these wacky people doing it for his 10th year here. The host of Access Sportsnet Dodgers, John Hartung. We are live at the Sportsnet LA studios in the hallways. We just finished the TV show and here he is, the man, John Hartung. Yeah. Uh, it's great to be here, DV, and thank you for the introduction. But you talk about unsung heroes. I just witnessed one of the most impressive <laughs> things in my broadcasting career. You're putting out fires. I mean, people don't even realize this. You run in from the studio into this room. We're in a green room, and all of a sudden, your machine here, you call it a Comrex? A Comrex. It's not working. So you're on your cell phone, and while you're doing like a four-minute monologue with no script or anything, you're messing with this other Comrex thing while you're on the phone trying to get this thing fixed. That was unbelievable, and then here we are. Well, here we are. We're, technical issues are behind us, Hard Tongue. The things that you do for all the great Dodger fans out there to give them Dodger talk every night, I just witnessed how incre incredible that was. Well, you got to do things, John. There's no backstage Dodgers <laughs> ready to go right. at AM570 <laughs> LA true. Sports. But, I mean, I really mean it. You are the unsung hero. You've been here since day one. This is the 10th year of the network. Uh, it's been uh, quite a ride for you, Oral, Nomar, and the rest of the crew. We've been very fortunate, to say the least. This is the 10th year of the network. They've been to the playoffs every single year. So we don't know what it's like to, to cover a team that's just playing out the string in August and September. And this front office, the, the organization as a whole, uh, ownership, they've put such an incredible product on the field for us every year that it's made our jobs really easy. And it's never really felt like a job to me. Um, it's just been an incredible ride for nine years, and here we are in the 10th year talking about, as you mentioned in the last segment, Pakoda is projecting 96 more wins this year, another playoff run. So we've been very fortunate. It's been a lot of fun. And the great people, you mentioned Nomar, Oral, and Jerry, all the guys work with such incredible guys as well. Jerry, too? Even Jerry. Jerry's the, he's kind of like, because we have Oral, who's the, the pitcher, and when we had Ned, he was the front office, and then we had Nomar, gave us the hitting perspective, and Jerry's kind of like that clown that makes everything fun. <laughs> so he plays his role perfectly, and uh, no, Jerry's a great, great guy. All right, so when you guys get here and you watch the games when the team's on the road, who uh, pays for the spread? Um, 
<laughs> it depends on is the day. Is it Jerry or is it Oral? Or I mean, uh... well, I will say because Oral doesn't do as many shows here in studio with us, but yeah. when he does, he always brings food. Yeah, it's always every nice. single time uh, that we do a show. Oral's bringing Guisados tacos, or he's bringing sandwiches from another place. He's always bringing us food. And then there are a couple nights a week where they bring food in here. Uh, Spectrum does, and uh, they they pay for it. And then the other times we're kind of on our own, so we'll make a, a run, and depends on that night someone might pick up the bill otherwise everyone's kind of fending for themselves for the most part that's the voice of john hartung he's been here since day one at sportsnet la i've been very transparent with my favorite dodger team since hosting dodger talk it's the 2013 dodgers that was a great team it was new it was exciting they finally got back to the postseason the 2017 dodgers to me is still the best team even with the 2020 world championship uh, to me, the 2017 and 2013 Dodgers were my two favorite. Do you have a, a favorite season? It may not even result in a championship. Well, I would say the 2017, and when we talked about this before the show, I was going to say the 2017 Dodgers. Yeah, the 2020 team, what they had to overcome, and they win the world championship, that was great. But the 2017 team, that entire season, and all the guys on that team, from you know Chase Utley to Corey yeah. Seager and, and Kirsch, and you know your guy – uh, America's pitcher Rich Hill yeah. was on that team. And Hunjin Ryu, there's so many guys. When I look back on that team and I think, man, they should have won the World Series that year. They should have all been champions because they destroyed the competition all season long. They won 104 games despite losing 16 out of 17, that awful stretch right after Sports Illustrated came out with the yeah, cover. Yeah, that's that said, right. Greatest team of all time with a question mark next to it. And then they lose 16 of their next 17. But they get to the playoffs, they sweep the Diamondbacks, and they take on the Cubs who won the World Series the year before, and they just took care of them easily in five games. And then we all know what happened in the World Series with the Astros. I agree with you. Let's go. I know everybody talks about the World Series, but before that, I thought it was really special that the Dodgers can, you know, just like in any sports playoff series, you knock off the team that knocked you out the year before. That was bittersweet in Chicago in 16, and then yeah. you come back with JT's walk-off home run in game two, yep. and then you close it out at Wrigley. With Kike hitting three homers? That was amazing. And he got Mark Walter to bet him before the game a million dollars for the Hurricane Relief Fund in Puerto Rico. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, such a magical season that I thought they still should have won that World Series if they don't lose game two. They had the lead, and they blew it late. Right, and this is coming after game one when people say, oh, Clayton Kershaw can't get it done in the postseason. Game yeah. one of the World Series, he had one of the greatest games ever pitched in a World Series. He's only the second pitcher ever to have, what, 11 strikeouts, no walks, and allow one or fewer runs in a game. If you say in, so, I don't in, even know that. In World Series history, and Don Newcomb was the only other one who, who did that. That's how good Kershaw was in game one when they weren't stealing signs. But as you mentioned, game two, up three to one late in that game, and Seager hits the home run, and one of the only times you ever see him really react with yes. that energy and that excitement when he took Verlander deep. I thought that just like you, they were in such a good position to be up 2-0 and then things got away from them late. You know, I've told Kenley Jansen they win the World Series if he doesn't give up a home run to Marwin Gonzalez. I finally told him that maybe this offseason or last offseason. Uh, it didn't go over so well, John. I'll just tell you that. It didn't yeah. go over so well, but we're still on speaking terms. But they, if they win game two, they win Alex Wood's start, even with the sign stealing yeah. in Houston, and they close them out 
uh, against Verlander in game six. There is no you, Darvish. That is true because they did win game six. Um, and I thought it was interesting that report that came out, I don't know if it was this week or, mm -hmm. or last week, where they yeah. were talking about how the team had met with Clayton Kershaw, you Darvish, and Alex Wood and said, hey, we have a suspicion that, that the Astros are stealing signs at home and that they wanted them to change it up in some way, shape, or form, but that Kirsch and Darvish did not. Alex Wood did. And, of course, the one guy who pitched great in Houston was Alex Wood, who had a no-hitter there through uh, five innings. I think he threw, what, a one-hitter through six innings? That's right. In and that game? That's funny. That was uh, published in the book because I've known that since 2017. I've mentioned it, yeah. but I've never pointed the finger that directly at those other two guys because right. they were stubborn. They thought, especially Kershaw, I can do what I do, and they're not going to hit me. But Alex Wood was the smartest of the three to be able to change something. Yeah, and Clayton Kershaw threw how many breaking balls? Oh, in ridiculous. Like 50-something and didn't get a single swing and miss after he had a bunch of swings and misses in game one. It just shows you uh, that, yeah, maybe he should have listened yeah. and changed uh, some, of their, some of their approach, the signs, whatever they were doing out there. All right, John Hardtongue, since yeah. you just popped in here after – your Access Sportsnet show that we did live in vivo at 6 o'clock. Yeah, we'll it's do the first it. live show we've done since they lost in the playoffs <laughs> Oh, last thanks year. a lot. Yeah. It's been a lot of tape shows. Way to pull the curtain behind. Uh, <laughs> pull the curtain back tonight. But uh, we were talking about 96 wins, Pakoda, all that. We went through some of the questions. How do you feel about this team? It feels like, yes, they're good enough to win, but – it doesn't feel like they're going to run away with the division because the Padres are yeah. better. The Padres are going to be a lot better than they were last year. And the Dodgers, obviously, they're not going to win 111 games. I was surprised Pakota came out and had them at 96 wins. That seems pretty aggressive for this team. When you don't have Justin Turner, you don't have Trey Turner, you don't have Cody Bellinger. Uh, they do add J.D. Martinez. But after that, DV, there are a lot of questions to be answered more this year than in years past. Usually when we go to spring training, it's, hey, who's going to be that sixth or seventh reliever in the bullpen? Or, hey, who's the 26th man on the roster? They don't have the same kind of questions this year that they've had in the past. They've got legit questions about who's going to be playing up the middle at second base, at shortstop. We know it's going to be Gavin Lux to start. But will he be able to, to man that spot for 162? And who's going to be in center field? Well, I, I kind of feel like that answer is has a security blanket, like a lifeline, because you signed or you traded for Miguel Rojas. Yeah. So I don't feel like Lux is going to have to play 162 there. You got Rojas to play shortstop, second base, and even third base because he can do it. So I feel like he's the insurance policy for those three positions. And I'm excited to see Miguel Vargas, John. We've heard so much about him. It's time. It's time. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. We've heard so much. And even going back to last spring before he had ever made his major league debut, and Jerry, who knows good young prospects when he sees one, I remember him telling me about Corey Seager when he saw Seager as an 18-year-old. He's like, that guy is going to be great someday. You know, he called that as a, a kid right out of high school. And he has said similar things, maybe not on the level of Corey Seager, but in terms of him at the plate as a hitter, he says Miguel Vargas has everything that you need and would want from a major league hitter. So I think, as you said, the time is now for him. I think moving him to second base, that is going to have some risk in it itself. Um, he didn't play a whole lot in the minor leagues at second base. He played mostly at third base. 
even though Miguel told us at FanFest that he grew up playing a lot of second base. But he's 6'3". He's very athletic, and uh, let's see what he can do there. Um, I'm less concerned about him there than I am about him as an offensive player. If he can make the adjustments at the big league level, then uh, I don't care where they put him. Hey, John, speaking of the infield, can you believe your favorite Dodger infield debuted together for the first time in this upcoming summer? It will be the 50th anniversary of the Dodger infield of Garvey, Lopes, (laughs) Russell, and Say playing in the first game together at the same time. At some point this summer, it will be the 50th anniversary. I don't know the exact date, but 50 years ago this summer, your Dodgers. Yeah, and we're talking about something that happened 50 years ago, and I'm old enough to remember. That's, what, <laughs> that's what's really scaring me. And actually, my mom just gave me a really cool picture recently of those four guys. It's a framed picture, and uh, I thought, how cool is this? You know, Because it yeah. takes me back to my childhood. Those were my Dodger teams, the late 70s, and we're talking about favorite teams of all time. You know, I'd say 77, 78. Those were my first Dodger teams where I fell in love with Dodger baseball as a whole, and they'll always have a special place in my heart, and I felt like one of them should have won the World Series too. Hey, coincidentally, tonight, Ron Say's birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Penguin. Yeah, the Penguin's birthday is tonight. I won't reveal his age. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good thing. He might be enjoying a Monty Steakhouse tonight in Woodland Hills. He's still a Valley guy. He is, and actually a funny story about him being a Valley guy. I grew up in Woodland Hills. And both of my brothers, my sister, my entire family, we were all big Dodger fans. And my brother, Mike, who now lives in Norway, he sent a baseball card to Ron Say's house because he lived not far from us. And we knew exactly where he lived. So he mailed him a baseball card and Ron Say signed the baseball card and mailed it back. That's amazing. What players would do that today? Not many. I see a lot of mail in their mailboxes, John. I'll say that. (laughs) But to his house, he sent a baseball card to his house, and Ron Say signed it and sent it back. I thought that was really cool. So, yeah, Ron Say, a fellow Valley guy. Yeah, happy birthday to the Penguin. And, uh, John, thanks a lot for stopping by and always being such a gracious host. You never opened the door for me like Geeter did for me today, though. I was the one shooting the video for you Oh, that's why. Thank you. Okay, that's why. So everyone out there sees that video clip. I was the one who said, hey, do you want me to get video of this? (laughs) And you guys said, yeah, that would be great. Yes. So it was fun to be a part of that little bit as well. Uh, We know it's gotten some some mileage (laughs) over the last few months since Tim Cates had his thing with Geeter. But great uh, to have you on our show, Devi, and thanks for having me on your show. No, love it. This is a great opportunity. John Hartung, the man, the host of Access Sportsnet. You see him not only uh, in this beautiful studio, but now you get to see him in living color out there at Centerfield Plaza on the Sportsnet LA stage. He is the best, a great guy, and uh, certainly uh, holding it down for the last 10 years. We're going to take a time out here on Dodger Talk. When we come back, we will hear from Mark Pryor. He is going to join us. And also we will hear from Clayton Kershaw, who addressed reporters today for the first time this season in front of his locker at Camelback Ranch. Kershaw's locker right next to the inside of the door. They have stickers in, out. Kershaw's locker next to the one that says in. Follow the rules. Dodger Talk is going until 8 o'clock tonight. 
Medi-Cal renewals are happening now. All members' eligibility is reviewed once annually, and everyone's renewal date is different. You can check your renewal month in your online benefitscal.com account. If your current address, email, or phone number have changed, please update your information with your local county office. If you get a renewal form in the mail in a yellow envelope, you must complete it to keep your Medi-Cal. If you don't, you will lose your coverage. Visit lacare.org for more information. That's lacare.org. Since J&K Security Solutions opened in 1987, our attention to detail and customer service have been our strongest assets. I'm President Jeffrey Beckman. We'll always do our best to find the most efficient and cost-effective solution to every job we tackle. Whether it's security for your home or business, installing video surveillance, or being able to control your garage doors from your phone, we can help you feel empowered with simple and user-friendly technology. Let's work together to secure your home or business. JKSecurity.com. When it's game on, it's time for Shakey's Pizza, Chicken, and Mojo's. The triple play of flavor. With meal deal packages to feed any size group, everyone loves Shakey's classic thin crust pizza, golden fried chicken, and crispy Mojo potatoes. Get it to go at Shakey's.com or watch the game at your local Shakey's with an ice cold pitcher of beer, piping hot pizza, and a mountain of Mojo's. Share the good times at Shakey's today done taping or going live on Access Sportsnet with John Hartung and Jerry Harrison Jr. Uh, thanks to Hartung for stopping by. Appreciate that. But right now we are joined by a very special guest entering his sixth season as the Dodgers pitching coach and with the Dodgers staff. He is a proud USC Trojan and on my top five favorite USC people. And it's a very short list. It ends at five. And Mark Pryor is part of it. Mark, thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Anytime. Mark, uh, this is going to be a very different season. I'm not sure people realize it. How real are these new rules for you? Yeah, no, they're real. Um, I mean, I think we'll get a crash course. Uh, I mean, we've all read them. Um, but, you know, reading them on paper is a little bit different uh, than how they actually look in, in, you know, live action and then the actual implementation of the rules. And, and then apparently there's some more that are coming out over recently in the last 24 hours, um, you know, with some of the pitching deliveries and, and the things that guys have done, uh, you know, to, to make themselves, you know, mess with timing of hitters and make themselves unique in some different ways. So uh, it's going to be real. Um, I, you know, I do think probably the younger kids are, uh, have a little bit of a leg up just because they've been used to some of these rules with the pitch clock uh, and the engagement rules uh, from the rubber and stuff like that. So you know that they'll you know they'll maybe have a little bit of head start, but everybody's in got the same uh, same rules and everybody will be in the same you know same boat as far as trying to figure them out and how each team applies them uh, will be unique to themselves. That seems to be a script flip, right? The young guys helping out the veterans since they've experienced all this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, guys, even like Phil Bickford experienced it last year when he went down. Uh, you know, he started out with us, and then when he got sent down for that brief time, you know, I think in the spring, you know, he was unaware and he got balled a few times, you know, in his counts just because it was it was new to him and you know it wasn't part of his you know traditional rhythm, uh, pre you know between pitches. So uh, it was definitely a learning curve for him. And so I think it's going to be, I mean, you know, for some guys it's not really going to affect. I mean, Clayton works really fast at times. Julio's working really fast, but at other times they do slow it down. 
uh, you know, it, it's a way to control the game in some respects, and hitters do it too. I mean, I think one of the better guys or one of the best guys that I've, you know, witnessed, you know, recently is Machado. I mean, he really controls his at bat and controls the tempo to make sure, you know, he does as much as he can to make it on his own terms. And uh, so these, you know, the time, the shot clock or pitch clock is is going to be a real thing. Uh, but I think in general, you know, speeding up the game and, and trying to get these games, you know, moving along is, is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you just don't want a game obviously decided by, you know, a pitch clock violation at the end. And, um, you know, hopefully those things kind of, you know, rectify themselves, you know, early in the season and then we're off and we're just playing and, and people forget about it. That's a great point, Mark. And that's one thing that I've been wondering and talking about in a big moment, in a big game. Let's say the pitcher's ahead in the count, 0-2. Do you feel like to make that right pitch, they may allow the clock to expire even if they take a ball in the count? Do you feel like some strategy might be in play there? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be. Uh, again, I think this is where it comes down to how each team wants to strategize and, and how to use these these rules, um, you know, either to their benefit or try to exploit them as much as, you know, you can as far as the time. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a unique, again, I think the obviously the implementation of the rules and how they're enforced is, is important too because there's times when, uh, you know, you get the, what am I, um, the instant replay there's you know there's supposed to be a clock and and sometimes you know that clock lapses and and nothing you know you're still able to challenge it and then other times some other umpires were a little bit more strict in enforcing you know that time you know that pitch clock or that challenge clock so i, I think again it's it's how you know how consistent across you know baseball is these rules are some going to be a little bit more lax is one or two seconds some are going to get five some are going to give none so Again, I think those things hopefully will get ironed out in the first three, four weeks of the season. Um, but then again, you know, I think the other thing that compounds the pitch clock is you have, you know, where you have a lack of uh, disengagement. You only have the two disengagements. And so, you know, if you don't feel comfortable, you can step off. But now you can only do it twice. And so that's going to play a, a factor into it. And again, it's going to come down to, you know, three, two, second and third, two outs with the game on the line. And, you know, maybe you've already stepped off once. Like, do you run the risk of stepping off again? And, but then you got to hurry up and make a pitch. So again, all those things are going to come in and, you know, uh, I'm sure we're going to have our moments where, you know, we fail and, you know, we're, you know, we get penalized. And and I think all 30 teams at some point are probably going to have a, you know, be penalized at some point. So it's just how much does it impact, you know, winning a ball game? Mark Pryor, Dodgers pitching coach, is joining us here on Dodger Talk, live from Glendale, Arizona. And, Mark, uh, I guess the question is, how much and how much of a balance are you going to have to strike to get guys comfortable with all these new rules when it comes to pitchers and also getting them ready for the season? Uh, Do you have to work with them uh, on slide steps to be quicker to the plate because of those rules? How do you strike that balance? Well, I mean, it's, you know, some of it's not balancing. I mean, the rules are what they are. So, I mean, that is, it's pretty black and white. Like, hey, these are the rules. These are the shot clock. You got to be ready to go. You know, you can only disengage a couple times. Uh, So those are kind of the rules. So there's not really a balance there. Um, But the balance is on the other part is, okay, controlling the running game now that you're not able to throw over as much, uh, being quicker to the plate. Those are conversations that, you know, have already been started with some guys that have, you know, 
you know, maybe have traditionally been offenders of being slow to the plate um, and you're trying to, you know, get guys ready, You but you're also trying to encourage them like, hey, now's the time. Like if we're going to make mistakes or if you're not going to execute a pitch, rather do it in a Cactus League game than a normal game. Uh, so, yeah, there'll be, there is a balance, and what that balance is will be, you know, specific to that individual. But those conversations uh, are already kind of ongoing with, with some offenders that, you know, are traditionally slow to the plate. Um, but we got to make sure that, you know, we're giving our catchers every opportunity to play their position too and throw guys out. All right, Mark Pryor, Dodgers pitching coach. Let's uh, talk about some uh, of your pitchers this year. Let's start with Clayton Kershaw. I saw him at camp today. Has he gone gluten-free? I mean, that's a, a much leaner version. No, he looks great, you know, and, uh, you know, Clayton's, you know, had a really good offseason uh, preparing himself, and, and he, he looks good. I'm um, excited to see him off the mound, you know, live now. But uh, he, he's been, you know, I mean, look, he's done this for years. Um, and when you give him a good offseason, he'll get after it, and he's ready to go, and he's always prepared. So, um, excited to see him and, and everybody else, but excited the way he came in. He's he's excited, he's upbeat, uh, and he's feeling good. How about Noah Syndergaard, Mark? He seems to be one of the more interesting guys you picked up during the off season. another year removed from Tommy John. I understand he's been thrown at Camelback Ranch for the better part of a month. What are some of the signs that you've seen that he's getting closer to the guy he was before surgery? Yeah, he's look, he looked great today. He threw a bullpen, um, you know, late in the in the day, or kind of as most guys were already gone, and and he looked really good. Um, you know, we saw him a little bit earlier in the off season before we signed up, um, and then like you said, he's been out here since the first of the year at CBR, working you know with the guys out here, all our staff here. Um, he looks in shape. You know, he looks. I mean, he's a huge guy, big guy, strong, physical guy. Um, you know, kind of tweaked his delivery a little bit to try to get back to some things that he was doing, you know, pre Tommy John, uh, and all indications, you know, he feels really comfortable with that. And then he threw a bullpen today and it was, it was pretty good. I mean, he was, he always has commanded the baseball, but the action on his sinker and his changeup were really good. And, and he's spinning the baseball. So, uh, I think it's, we're excited to see, you know, where this goes when he starts facing hitters over the next week and a half. Uh, so he can start getting some results and, and seeing kind of how his pitches are playing. But, you know, he's he's a guy, you know, look, everybody knows what he did in New York. He was a playing thrower, but the guy can pitch, and he throws strikes, and, and he puts ball in play, and, and he can limit some, some damage at times. So um, excited to see him kind of, you know, do his thing. Uh, looks like he's in a good position, and, and hopefully, you know, another year removed from Tommy John, you kind of get back to seeing the Noah that, you know, he was beforehand. Mark, how do you feel about this reputation that you and the rest of the Dodgers pitching staff and, and training staff have gotten for helping guys maybe find something they couldn't somewhere else? It feels like these are the expectations now when the Dodgers sign a pitcher like Syndergaard uh, because you've had so much success. How do you feel about this reputation? Uh, I mean, look, you know, I mean, this is a saying going back to when you play. I mean, the game is, you know, it's always, you know, humbling at times. So, you know, I think at some point maybe we're going to run, you know, have a stretch of, you know, the opposite luck. But uh, in the end, I, I think it's a huge collaborative and it's a big group effort, uh, you know, from, you know, from our field staff and run, you know, what we call run prevention from, you know, Connor and Danny and Josh and myself and, and then working with, you know, the S&C staff and the training staff about getting these guys. It's, it's, it is a big collective effort, uh, making sure these guys are moving well and, 
identifying pitches and what works, what doesn't, and game planning. And it, it's all, you know, there's so many layers to this. Um, and I think this just speaks to, you know, the culture of our organization, you know, from the, you know, from the coaching staff and the, you know, staff standpoint of allowing us to, to do our job and work, one, you know, with each other and you know, talking to each other across departments. Uh, but at the end, it's also like our front office does a really good job of identifying, you know, things that make people special. And, and then, you know, bringing in guys who are willing to, you know, put in their work, who are very responsible, very disciplined about their, their work ethic and, you know, their craft. And so, you know, you talk about Noah, you talk about Tyler, you know, Chris Martin. I mean, these guys are guys who really, you know, take pride in what they do. And so um, a lot of the – a lot of the, you know, compliments is, is really should be about the players because ultimately they're the ones who have to go out and execute. Uh, we do everything we can to, to support them and to try to help them, you know, be the, be the best version of themselves. But ultimately it, it does come down to the players executing and, and my hat's off. And it, it is a lot of fun to watch these guys go out and, and do their thing. Um, and if we can be a small part of that, great. Um, that's that's what we're here for, and that's why we get into coaching and, and get into, you know, being a supportive role for these players. Yeah, you've done a great job. You're very humble, but you're right. It, it, you guys all seem to work together, including the player, to get the best out of these guys. Before I let you go, um, the closer situation. In the past, we, you know, were spoiled with having Ken for so many years. Uh, the offense was so good last year, it felt like you never needed a closer. How does it look going into camp this year? You know, it it looks like it looks. You know, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that we don't have a, you know, a defined, uh, you know, closer. And, um, you know, that's always, you know, a hot topic. But, you know, we're going to go into it. We feel really good with our guys in our bullpen. Um, you know, we'll just kind of see how the spring plays out, you know, and it's, you know, whether it's somebody like Evan Phillips or Yenti or Bessie or Ferg, I think we all have guys that we trust with their makeup to handle that. Uh, granted, it is, you know, the ninth inning is completely different. That's a, It's a way different ball game than sometimes in the sixth, seventh, and eighth, no matter who you're facing. It's just closing a game out is, is a unique role in this game. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But we feel really good about all those guys' makeup, and, you know, we'll I'm, eventually things flush themselves out and work themselves out on their own. And, and I think we'll be in a very, pretty good spot, but I think collectively our bullpen, um, you know, should be in a pretty good shape and, and we have a lot of talent uh, down there. And I think we have a lot of depth, you know, even a lot of the guys that we signed, you know, the Shelby Millers, guys like that, who, you know, will come in and, and be part of this mix. Um, I think that allows us to, you know, take our time and figure out what's the best course of action for the organization as a whole. Mark, always appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're ba balancing uh, guys showing up today, balancing family. So I do appreciate it and look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, my pleasure. Anytime. There he is, Mark Pryor, Dodgers pitching coach, joining us from Glendale, Arizona. Appreciate him doing that. A long day. Pitchers arriving for the first time to camp and things are now really starting to ramp up at Camelback Ranch in Glendale, Arizona. We will have the Dodgers first spring training game right here on Dodgers Radio and 570 LA Sports. It's coming up in less than a week. They're going to be uh, playing the Milwaukee Brewers 
on February 25th. So it's coming up pretty uh, quickly here, and I'm heading out for Camelback Ranch on Sunday, on Sunday morning. But before we do that, we have uh, Tarantula Hill, Dodger Talk from Tarantula Hill on Friday night with James Loney, our special in-person guest from 7 to 8 p.m. following Petros and Money. So it's going to be a big party out there at 244 Thousand Oaks Boulevard, right off the 101 and Moore Park Road. So looking forward to getting out there and seeing all of you before I head out to spring training and baseball really gets going. I promised Clayton Kershaw. He did speak to reporters, including Sportsnet LA's Kirsten Watson, earlier this afternoon. Good offseason. You know, I felt felt great going into it and um, got to work on some stuff. And, uh, yeah, I feel good coming in. Were you able to take the time to just kind of reflect how last year ended and how you want to just kind of push that aside for this year? Yeah, I think everybody does it in their own way. You know, for me, it's just going home for, you know, a couple of weeks, kind of getting away from it. And, um, you know, different things pop up about what you could have done differently as a, as a team, what I could have done differently. And um, But at the end of the day, uh, you know, the season's starting now, so um, time to move on and get going. Do anything different um, with the World Baseball Classic? Yeah. Maybe just straight up a little bit earlier? Uh, I, I really didn't. I kind of just kind of did the exact same thing I would if I had, like, a healthy off season. So took, like, six weeks off from throwing like I usually do and got going, you know, second week of December and just kind of a normal buildup from there. The only comparable was the year you guys went to Australia. You had to get it, you know, ramp it up a little early. Did you learn anything from that? Everybody assumes that I'm ramping it up early. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm doing the exact same thing I would have done. That's just an assumption. So you're not. Bill. <laughs> Thank you, Clayton. <laughs> Do you, you <laughs> worry about getting it going early? I mean, Australia, you did end up getting hurt. Once again, I'm not getting it going early. I'm doing the exact same things that I always would. Yeah, but the spring hey, training games will be started too. So. Hey, Ronnie, can you bring it down like for a second? Let, let's just stop right there. Uh, he's being a hundred percent transparent because from what I've been told, if he does go and pitch for the world baseball classic and team USA, he has his schedule and Mark DeRosa has to work around his throwing schedule and his ramp up to get ready for the season. He's not trying to speed things up for team USA team USA has to work around his schedule. If he does indeed pitch and my understanding is he made this made that seem a little less certain earlier this afternoon that he is going to go all in with Team USA and the World Baseball Classic. So uh, Kershaw is, I know this for a fact, because Mark DeRosa even mentioned this to us a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Kershaw has laid out his pitching throwing program for Team USA. They're going to work around that. And consider this. Kershaw was hurt all last offseason, right? He never threw or picked up a baseball until January. This was, again, a healthy offseason for Kershaw. And if you see the photos on the Dodgers' uh, Twitter page and Instagram of Kershaw, did this guy go gluten-free? I mean, he has lost a lot of weight. And look, he has back issues. There's no secret about that. So obviously he continued to work to get his core better and take some pressure off that lower back. So I feel like he is going to have a really good year. And I said this earlier tonight on Sportsnet LA, don't ever doubt a great player like Clayton Kershaw. Just when you think it's over for him, he comes back like this. 
and I expect another really good season for him. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. I know his goal is always not to go on the injured list, but let's face it, the chances are that he may need to at some point considering the track record we've seen the last few years. So for me, 20 to 25 starts for Clayton Kershaw in the regular season to be healthy for October uh, would be a win for him and the Dodgers. But going back to this Q&A with the reporters, he's being 100% transparent. At no point did he ever say he was ramping up quicker for the World Baseball Classic. He's not. He's still on his own pace. Can we hear more from Kershaw, Ronnie? Do we have time for that? Oh, we're running out of time for Kershaw. Okay. Yeah, we're up against it. No doubt about it. Before we go, uh, Dave Roberts addressed these excerpts from Evan Drellick's uh, new book about sign stealing and the allegations made by uh, anonymous member of the Red Sox. He completely uh, dismissed it and said MLB did investigate the Dodgers and never found anything. So, again, if you're going to make those type of accusations in a book like that, you better have some proof to back it up. And Evan's a great reporter. Uh, he has a lot of accurate information in that. But when you start quoting sources, anonymous sources like that, that are making accusations like that, name yourself. If you feel st so strongly that the Dodgers were cheating, Name yourself. I don't blame Evan. I, I blame that anonymous source. And who else would have been in the clubhouse at Fenway Park in the middle of a game? Ask yourself that question, and I'm sure you'll come up with the answer. That'll do it for us on Dodger Talk tonight. Thanks to everybody here at the Sportsnet LA studios for allowing me to do the show from here. Appreciate it. Thanks to John Hartung for stopping by. Stu Mitchell, thank you for all your help. Witty. Appreciate it as well. Uh, thanks to Mark Pryor for calling in from Glendale, Arizona. You can find all of that on the iHeartRadio app. And don't forget, our next show is this Friday night from Tarantula Hill Brewing Company in Thousand Oaks. We'll be out there beginning at 7 o'clock. James Loney will join us in person. So looking forward to that following Petros and Money doing their big show from 3 to 7 out there at Tarantula Hill in Thousand Oaks, 244 Thousand Oaks Boulevard. Looking forward to seeing you there and can't wait to have a great time before I head out to Glendale, Arizona on Sunday morning. Coming up next is Jason Smith on Fox Sports Radio. Have a great rest of your night, and thank you, Ronnie Fascio. You're the man. See ya. When it's game on, it's time for Shakey's Pizza, Chicken, and Mojo's. The triple play of flavor. With meal deal packages to feed any size group, everyone loves Shakey's classic thin crust pizza, golden fried chicken, and crispy mojo potatoes. Get it to go at Shakey's.com or watch the game at your local Shakey's with an ice cold pitcher of beer, piping hot pizza, and a mountain of mojos. Share the good times at Shakey's today. Medi-Cal renewals are happening now. All members' eligibility is reviewed once annually, and everyone's renewal date is different. You can check your renewal month in your online benefitscal.com account. If your current address, email, or phone number have changed, please update your information with your local county office. If you get a renewal form in the mail in a yellow envelope, you must complete it to keep your Medi-Cal. If you don't, you will lose your coverage. Visit lacare.org for more information. That's lacare.org.